0: Hi and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week 's message so, so what the Lord has really been putting on my heart for a while is obedience and faith and faith 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 and I, I, I just keep talking about faith because God is challenging me to move in faith and the more that I move in faith, what i 'm understanding is that and I, I know I say this, but but maybe you, you need to keep hearing it because I need to keep hearing it, is that as I move in faith, it provokes somebody else's faith. And that's what I was saying the other day. I, say, I told the church, I said, you guys need to move in faith because as you move in faith, it provokes something inside of me. So if it's just one of us moving in faith, well, I, I, I'll do it. We'll go at it alone. But it's so much better that when you come to me, man, pastor, I just feel like, There's something in me. I I need to do something. I I feel God calling. I just spoke to somebody this morning who who just started a business, and 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 as I was talking to them, they were a little discouraged. But I was just speaking life into them, and and the person told me I just know, Pastor, that the Lord told me that the Lord told me that this business is not just it's not my business. It's His business, and not just that, but that as my as the business He entrusted me with begins to grow. Other businesses in the church are going to be growing. He says, I know that in the spiritual realm, this is what he told me, in the spiritual realm, there's businesses that are sitting here right now just waiting for my business to go. And that's what this is about. As you start to move, some other people get encouraged to move. We all need a model. We all, we all need to see somebody do it. I, obviously, Jesus already did it. He's the perfect model. But he shines and he reflects through your life, through my life, through your actions. You represent him. No matter what you do, you represent him. Either you do it well or you don't do it well. But I want to represent him well. And we rep- one of the best ways we can rep- represent him is when we move in faith. So we're talking about faith, if you didn't notice. And in order to move in faith, we need to understand who we are. And the Bible says that you are an heir of the kingdom of God. You are an heir of the kingdom of heaven. And what is an heir? An heir is a person who has who is entitled to an inheritance. Let's just keep it simple. In, in, entitled to an inheritance. What is an inheritance? Something legally transferred to an heir... Usually a son or a daughter. It doesn't have to be related, but usually it's a son or daughter. It's non-taxed, and it's, it's given to whoever the will, last will and testament or estate declares it belongs to. So what is the will and testament? It's a formal written directive, a legal directive, which provides a direction on how something is going to be distributed. And the beautiful thing about the Bible is that it says that not only are you an heir, but it says that we are co-heirs. That means that. So what is a co-heir? A co-heir is, so if you are an heir, and I am an heir, and we're individual heirs, that means that you got something coming to you, I got something coming to me. It's not the same thing. You got the red Lamborghini, I got the white Lamborghini, all right? Y'all getting me? But if we're co-heirs, and let's say GC and and Terrell are co-heirs, that means that if they got 100 acres, they both owned 100 acres. I don't know if you're getting that. So, so the Bible says that we're co-heirs, that we all own it all. We just got to believe it. We got to start walking in it. And, and so if they're co-heirs and, and Giselle, well, I don't know who's going to die first. Let's just say Terrell. So if <laughs> the re- <laughs> because they're co-heirs, if Terrell dies, she don't have to go to the lawyer to say, ah, that's my part. No, no, already, she don't have to do nothing. It was already hers. So when Paul calls you a co-heir in Jesus Christ, that's a big deal. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, let's just go. Let's go to the word. So y'all would understand. Galatians chapter 3, it says, for you are all children of God through faith. Through faith in Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on clothes like new clothes. There's no longer Jew, Gentile, slave, or free, male, or female. For you are all one in Christ. Co-heirs, right? It says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. God's promise. And so how many have prayed here for God's will? I want God's will in my life. Yeah, most of y'all raise your hand. Simple thing we always pray. But but the truth of the matter is, is most of the time, how many, okay, I don't want to make y'all look bad. I'm going to make myself look bad. So I pray for God's will in my life. Half the time, I don't even know what it is. I'm like, well, that's God's business, right? Well, God, your will, not my will. God, your will. And it's not a bad prayer, but many times it, it's a very inaccurate prayer because if I want to know God's will, all I got to go to is his last will and testament. The Old Testament and the New Testament. His will's already in there. And, and the thing is that if somebody comes and knocks at your door and says, Uncle Ralph left you, a, left you in, his la, in his will, you, you're not going to just slam the door. You're going to say, come on in. I need to read it. I need a copy. I need a copy for my lawyer. I need a copy for my wife. I need a copy for everybody. And I, I'm going to put another copy in my safety deposit box because I want everything that's entitled to me. But when it comes to the word of God, many times we don't even know what we're entitled to. So, so we need to open the word of God and say, if, I, if that is true, if that's true and it says that God's promise to Abraham belongs to me, I better open this thing up. And see, well, what, what, what am I entitled to? What am I entitled to so I can start declaring it so that I can get what is mine? Because when you start to get what is yours in the kingdom, it's not just for you. It's for your generation. It's for the generation that follows you. It's for the other generation. It's for your great, great, great grandkids. But somebody has to take a hold of the inheritance. Are y'all understanding this today? So Abraham, he had the promise, but he said, God, I have no kids. So he goes to God. He says, God, you gave me all these promises, but who am I supposed to leave it to? Am I supposed to leave it to my servant? He goes to God, and God says, no, I got you. Or oh, you're going to have a child. He says, I'm old. I'm old. I, I, you know, my wife, she, she you know, she I went through menopause. Like, wait, there's no baby. And God says, no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make her fertile again. And, and, and the promises are going to come because God promised it. And, and sure enough, she has the baby. She has Isaac, which is a miracle. And, and those promises were some powerful things that God uh, told him. God said, your name will be made great. Your heirs will be so many, you won't be able to count them. More than the grains of sand on the earth. And and God ends up giving him over 35 million acres of land. And and, and all these amazing promises that God gave to Abraham, according to that word, we have access to those promises. We have access to those promises. It's a legal... (laughs) agreement that god made with abraham there's a covenant that god made with abraham that gives you a right to that that covenant so we want to talk a little bit about that uh, and how that happens so as the people of israel these were abraham's descendants they start going through life and they have some ups and downs just like we all do but but they end up in in egypt in captivity as slaves but they kept holding on to the promise, and God sends a redeemer through Moses, and Moses gets them out of Egypt, and they find themselves in the wilderness, and they're about to go into the promised land. But before they go into the promised land, God reminds them who they are and what they are entitled to. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. I need you to pay attention to this, where, where God says to the people... The Lord your God will soon bring you into a land he swore to give you when he made a vow to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns or from wells you did not dig. And you'll eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord. Who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. What I need you to understand, if we could just leave that up there, is that God is so good. There's promises that that are for you. And there's some things that you need to, that he wants you to start walking in that you did not pay the price for. That you, so you see, when we, we when we talk about the kingdom, this earthly realm, there's things that you have to do. If you want results, you need to sweat. If you want to walk in some stuff, you need to go earn it. And, and the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, it's not doesn't work like that. I, I don't need you to earn it. I already paid the price. I already said it is finished. It's already done. What I need you to do is believe. And then there's some things that you didn't have to build and that you're gonna have. There's some some plants you're gonna you're gonna harvest that you did not. Plant, And I'm telling you, that's what God is trying to teach us, church, is that we don't have to earn everything by our sweat equity because there's already blood equity that was perfect, that did everything that it needed to do. You just need to believe. I'm not talking about a prosperity uh, gospel. I am not talking about name it and claim it. I am not saying that. I am saying that God G- sent his son Jesus to die to pay the price. It's already paid, but he's encouraging you and me. In fact, he's challenging you. He's challenging me to believe, to believe that I was born to be, to be prosperous. That, that, oh God, can, can I preach a little bit here? I want to jump to another scripture so y'all would understand. Deuteronomy, I didn't even get to this one last time. Deuteronomy 28. This is more of the promise. He says, the Lord will guarantee, he'll guarantee a blessing on everything you do and fill your storehouse with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you, Philadelphia. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you. When God establishes you, that means you own some stuff. You're established. That means we need to own some stuff. That's why our theme this year is taking territory. That means it's okay to rent for a little while. But at some point, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I need to own some stuff because daddy already owns it. And I'm a representative of my dad. And if my dad owns some stuff, then that means I should own some stuff. Y'all getting me? All right. If you obey the commands of the Lord and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see. And this is what God is doing. God is saying, I need people to see. God is saying, I want people to see how good I am, how powerful I am. And that's the role that you play and the role that I play. Because in order for people to see how good he is, they're going to see it through your life. They're going to either see how good he is or they're going to see how weak he is. So you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility, church, to believe, to move in faith and start living this stuff so he can establish you so that people can see that you are people claimed of God. And they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land that, that he swore to your ancestors and give you blessing, you with many children, numerous livestock, abundant crop. I think there's more. The Lord will send rain at the proper time. I'm telling you, church, the proper time is now. There's something about to happen. There's something brewing in the spiritual realm right now. There's some God God is tired of seeing shootings in our city. God is tired of seeing innocent blood. He's tired of seeing our children, and he's saying, Church, I need you to stand up and believe that you're a son, that you're a daughter, so that people would say, I'm in awe of what's going on over there at City Reach. There's something going on over there. It's not what I'm used to. There's people speaking life, and I'm telling you, I was with my neighbor this week, and she's from Ukraine, and, and we were talking about the war, and, and she just, she was broken, and she's like, oh, all the lies and all the things that are happening. She said, even in our city, she said, I'm afraid to go to the 7-Eleven because it's dangerous now. And, and, and I said, sister, I know that's, there's some truth to that, but there's a change happening, I told her. There's something happening in the spiritual realm. I sense it. I feel it. God is not done. God is not done. There's something powerful going to happen. And, and she just started to receive it. She said, I believe it. You don't even serve the Lord, but I just start speaking life. It's contagious, but if we're going to speak death, then that's what we're going to, we're going to reap death if that's all we're sowing, but these promises are for you. It says the Lord will send rain at the proper time. He will bless all the work you do. He, you will lend. Uh, I, you will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. I didn't even get to this last. Y'all are blessed. You won't have to borrow. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never on the bottom. That's what I'm talking about. doesn't matter how smart you are. doesn't matter how much education. I am not against education. Go get an education. But don't put your faith in it. You put your faith in God. Stop looking at your circumstances. Start looking at your God. Stop being held up by what you see and say, no, it's not about what I see. It's about who I know. The problem is we just don't know him. If we just knew him, then we could be the head and not the tail. We could be the ones to stand up in a room when everybody else is speaking death and say, oh, my God is not done. He's looking for some people to believe and represent him well and, and establish you as owners, not, 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 not renters. And it's okay to rent for a season. I'm not, I've am not. i rented. It's okay. But God says, I, I created you to own. I created you to, to be the lender, not the always borrowing. And again, I'm not against credit. I'm not against a mortgage. I'm not, that's, a, that's an okay place to start, but I don't want to stay there. I want a house that's paid off. In the name of Jesus, it's not going to take me 30 years to pay my house. Absolutely not. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, you, you look at Joseph's life and there's so many examples, but Joseph, Joseph, it didn't matter his circumstance. God was prospering him. It didn't matter that his brother sold him into slavery. He found himself a slave in Egypt, yet he had God's favor, and he rose to the top in Potiphar's house, and then they lied on him. Then he goes to jail. It didn't matter his circumstance. He, he was the leader in the jail. He had God's favor. He, it was the process God was taking him through because God has something greater for him. So it didn't matter where he was, whether he was a slave, whether he was in jail as a prisoner, when he 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 was he was the head and not the tail. And why? And then God took him to the palace. Then he goes to the palace to live out his destiny. So so don't focus on your circumstance. You may be in a one-bedroom apartment with two other families. Don't despise it. Say, thank you, God, because I'm here today, but tomorrow I'm not going to be here because you call me to be an owner. You call me to, you, 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 you died so I would prosper. Don't despise where you are. Just start proclaiming who you are while you're there. And then you won't be there long. And if nobody is going to pray and speak life over you, then you do it yourself. You lay hands on yourself. In the name of Jesus, wake up. You lay hands. Hey, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. If nobody, you got nobody, then you do it yourself. I'm telling you, something happens in the spiritual realm when you start to believe and the enemy says, oh, he's a threat. She's a threat. She, you become a threat when you say, oh, I may not see it today, but I know that I know that the promise is mine. And I could go back. And he says, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And nothing is impossible for my Christ, for my Jesus. I'm moving forward even though it looks like I'm moving backwards. That's a lie. I need you to understand that you've been anointed to be established. He wants to establish you. Yes, you. Even if I don't believe in you, he believes in you. Doesn't matter if I believe in you or not. Yeah, I can encourage you and I, I can do some of that. And, and I do that. I try to do that. But don't wait on me to encourage you. You got all the encouragement you need. You got all the in case name is Jesus. He's more than sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His love is, is, is more. In, in fact, I love, and I said this, I love what Paul says. He says, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is power. That's what the world is looking for, power, 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 power. You want to see a city change? Church rise up and start moving in faith and power, power. That when a demonic person gets up, you say, sit down, devil, this ain't your show. That's what he's looking for, that we're not intimidated by the garbage of this world, by the culture. We can say transgender, trans whatever. I'm about Jesus. Say whatever you want. I'm going by what the will and testament says. That's what I'm going by. He's looking for a church who will stand up. Stand up, not hate, not divide. But speak the truth of love, of power, of transformation. This is who I used to be. Look at who I am now. Look at my brother. This is who you used to be. Look at who he is now. Jesus still transforms. He still changes in not just lives but cities. I'm believing for that. But it's about the true identity that you need to embrace. And that is the identity of child of God. See, all the creative ideas that you need... They're already in you, but you only discover them as you get closer to him. As you get closer to God, he starts to reveal all these things that are already inside of you. You know, my my brother's going to India. He just left last night. He's a little nervous. His first time he calls me, he's like, I'm scared. Can you pray for me? I said, man, I'm going to pray for you, but I said, everything you need is already inside of you. I told him, everything you're going to face, you already have the the warfare inside of you, you just got to receive it and believe it and he was encouraged but the same thing goes for you see see there's a role for you so 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 we walk in this in faith we believe but there's a role that we play that there, there's a role and the role begins with our mindset and we need to understand that we are on assignment and as we begin to do that <laughs> The Father, through the Holy Spirit, begins to reveal those ideas for your life, the the way for your life, the plan for your life. There's a reason why more than 70% of people go to work and they hate the place they work. Because it's not what God chose them to do. It's, It's not the role or the job that the Father had for them. And so most of us will sit in a job for years and years and years and complain and say, I just need five more years to retirement. But then it's five years of misery, five years of being miserable, and Jesus didn't die so you would be miserable. He died so you would be effective. And so you would not put your faith. I'm not against 401K plans. I'm not a guy. I have one. I'm not against that, but I don't put my faith in that thing. I do not put my faith in that thing. Yeah, we should plan. We should do some things. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But when that becomes, when I got to go to my 401K every day to see what's going on, then there's an issue. I don't put my, if the thing disappears tomorrow, so be it. I don't put my faith in that thing. If it's there when I retire, praise the Lord. If it's not there, praise the Lord. He got me. He got me. But, but there's reasons why we are miserable sometimes, and it's because we're not living in faith. We're not living the adventure of the gospel. That the, 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 the gospel is an adventure. It's an adventure. It's an adventure that cannot be replaced by nothing else in this world. That when I get up in the morning, I say, God, what are you going to do? What are we doing today? What do you got for me? Who am I supposed to speak to today? Who am I supposed to encourage today? Oh, he's looking for some people like that. See, the gospel is about overflow. The kingdom is about overflow. But, but you have to be an active participant. Quick story. The Pharisees came to Peter and they said, they said hey, do you got, does Jesus pay taxes? He paid taxes. And Peter's like, yeah, 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 he pays taxes. But he wasn't sure. So he went back to Jesus and said, hey, they want to know if you, we're paying taxes. And Jesus says, well, I ain't too worried about that. But I need you to go and fish out a fish. Throw the line. And that fish you catch is going to have a gold coin in his mouth. And, that, and then you're going to pay the taxes with that coin. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. The idea that you need, God already has the idea. And maybe it's not to go fish a fish, but there's an idea that you need. Whether it's a business, writing a book, a nonprofit, opening a church, whatever the case may be, there's ideas already in you, but you need Him to reveal those things to you. And so Peter did it. He went out there and he he was an active participant. What did he do? He moved in faith. He moved in faith. He caught the fish, and sure enough, it had a gold coin. He could have fished his whole life and never got a coin. But when Jesus said it, it's going to happen. So when Jesus gives you an idea, you can't sit back and say, well, i got to test this 45 times. Let me go ask the pastor what he thinks. If God told you, then do it. He's just looking for people to move in faith. He's looking for people to move in faith. Because I guarantee you that there's something so much bigger than a fish with a coin in his mouth that God has for you. It's bigger. It's bigger. It has to be bigger. You're talking about the creator of all the universe who comes and gives his life just so we would just barely make it? No. He did it so that you can move in power, so that you can move in faith, so we would see transformation in cities, in your home, in your finances. But he's looking for someone, two or three people, to go. And throw that line out, just like Peter. There, there's an idea inside of you that and it looks different than my idea. And, and I'll end with this because I just feel like, and there's so many, and so many examples in the Bible. When, when the Israelites went out and there was manna, which was this bread that God put out there, they didn't earn it. They just went out and received it. There's manna for you. There's manna for me. We just got to go out there and receive it. I ain't have to earn it. I ain't have to go make it. It's already there, and there's enough. And so the last few years, God has just been really, you know, opening this church was a a step of faith. Nobody believed in this church, and I said it. I've said it all the time. I barely believed in it. But God said it. God said this church exists because this was God's plan. It wasn't my plan. But walking in this, I've seen that he's faithful. Walking in this over the last nine years, i see like, whatever he says, he's going to do. And so... You know, God has placed some people in my life who have spoken life. And one of my mentors said, get your Ph.D. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to school. He says, you need to go back. He said, because when you get it, you give permission for other people to get it. It's not about you, Mark. It's about others. I was like, okay, okay. And I said that here about three years ago. I said, I'm going to get my Ph.D. I haven't even started. But you know, a gentleman here, Miguel Feliciano, is about to get his Ph.D. And he says, because I said it that day. He said, I'm going to get my Ph.D. So there's more PhDs out here. Why do we need PhDs? We need PhDs because we need influence in the city. That's why. So there's PhDs sitting right here. Then I said, well, I got to write a book. God said write a book. So I'm going to write a book. So I said, I'm going to write a book. And we have Sister Yvette. She's not here right now, but she's almost done with her book. She's about to finish her book. Yeah. So I'm writing my book right now. I don't know what's going to happen with that book. I'm with this. I'm, I'm working with this. Georgetown University to write my book. And, you know, they're, they're setting me up so that I can have a bestseller. And I'm like, you know, it's not about a bestseller. I'm just doing it out of obedience. God wants it to be a bestseller. It'll be a bestseller. I, I don't need help with that. God God will do it. But I'm writing a book. Why? Because I know there's other books in here. And maybe you just need somebody to do it. So that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because you need to see somebody do it. I'm starting a my wife and I, were starting a business. In a few months, do I want to start another another thing? I'm no, I don't want to do that, but I'm doing it out of obedience and faith, and I'm gonna make money in that business too, because God puts His finger. Because why? Because I'm moving in obedience. I'm not I'm not doing it just to make money, but get, I want to make money. He said, "You're gonna prosper me," and, and the beautiful thing about it is that it wasn't my idea. It's His idea, and we're gonna open the business, and I know it's gonna be a blessing and he's brought some partners along that I don't really have to do much. I'm just a partner in it. And now God is saying some other crazy stuff to me. You know, you need another campus, you need another church. You 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 need to do this. You know, I'm like, "Okay, okay God, God, whatever you want." But the beautiful thing about it that I'm learning cuz my wife is like, "You're crazy. How are we going to do something else?" And I understand what she's saying because that's there's truth to what she's saying, but the Holy Spirit says, "Don't worry." Don't worry. I'm just asking you to move in faith. I'm going to bring the people to do the work. And you're going to, they're going to, see, see, it's not about me doing everything because that goes back to the kingdom of darkness. All he's asking me to do is to move in faith. But if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I was like, that's crazy. I'm not doing any of that. But here I got faith. I believe. I believe that if he called us to do it, it's going to happen. And, 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 and I got to maybe throw a line out just like Peter, but it's already done. The provision's already there. I just got to I just gotta be connected to him. And, and so if you want to walk in the kingdom, that's the first thing you, you get connected to him. Get connected to him. And, and a great place to be is, God, what would you have me do? And that's a prayer I pray. God, you put breath of life in me. What am I to do? Where am I supposed to do it? And he starts to give you those ideas when you say, I'm willing to step in faith. I'm willing to let some other old relationships go. I'm willing to get aligned. I'm ready to get my house in order. And so when you start to get your house in order, it enables the Holy Spirit to start giving you those ideas that are greater than the place you stand in right now. But it's about getting our house in order. It's not about being perfect. It's about God I get up in the morning. God, you're amazing. You're good. I thank you for this day. It's, it's simple. You don't, don't complicate it. You open the word of God. God, what do you have to say? Read a verse. Just start with a verse. Just start with a verse. Read a chapter. That, that's, let's, let's keep it simple. And you start getting connected. But you got to connect there first. And then he's going to bring you to a place. Maybe it's this church. Maybe it's not. But you need to be around some other like-minded people. That's what the Bible says. Don't, don't, don't despise. Don't stop gathering. Because you need a place like this. Like this, you need a church where people are speaking life, where people are moving in faith. And if this is the church that God has called you, then be part of it. Be all in. And if it's not, then find the place. Then find the place. Say, God, where would you have me do this? And who am I supposed to do it with? When we were in D.C., we were with this, this couple, and they were just powerful intercessors. And I think they're millionaires. They're sitting by us at the first night in... And we're talking, and my wife was, like, in this deep conversation with this woman. I'm like, this isn't normal. My wife doesn't get so intimate with people quickly. that I do. She doesn't. But we're sitting there, and I'm, like, so nosy. Like, what's going on over there? Afterwards, I asked my wife, what was that about? And she's like, that was a woman of God. Like, she's just prophesying, and, and she's just a woman of God. And that woman says, she says to my wife, she says, you know, you need to know who you are. And you need to know where you're supposed to be. And she told my wife, I can go to Philadelphia and I can bless Philadelphia. I can pray for Philadelphia, but I can't fight in Philadelphia because God didn't call me to fight in Philadelphia. He called me to fight in Oklahoma City. And you can come to Oklahoma City. You can bless Oklahoma. You can pray for it, but you're not there to fight the fight in Oklahoma City. You need to know where you are. And she said, you have been called for Philadelphia. You've been called, you and your husband, to fight in Philadelphia. And that's where you're going to be successful. That's where God has called you to, to live out the kingdom to move in faith to see god do the impossible oh what others can't even see god already has ordained it so be who you're supposed to be church go where he calls you to be to to work and function and operate that's what he's looking for church can we stand because i'll keep on preaching the scripture here just because we don't have it up there I don't think Don't, don't worry about putting it up there but this is Paul talking to the church in Galatia he says God sent him Jesus to buy freedom to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so he could adopt us as his very own children and because you and I are his children God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts Prompting us to call out Abba or Daddy, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. You're God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So the inheritance is yours. You just have to receive it. The inheritance is yours. You have to walk in. You have to believe for it. And you start just having conversations. If I'm an heir, Father, then show me. start to be vulnerable like that. He does amazing things. Can we just close our eyes just for a moment? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the grace that you've given us, Lord. It's more than sufficient. I thank you for every person in this place today, Lord, that we would... Embrace your word, Lord, that we would begin to believe and move in faith, knowing that there's something greater, something, oh, Lord, something we can't even imagine that's in store. So I pray that. I pray for clarity. I pray for hope. Healing would arise in this place. All for your glory. All for your glory. And I pray and I thank you for your presence here. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer today, if you're far from God, if if you don't even know who he is, I challenge you to come forward today. We have prayer warriors up here who would pray with you. And so as a worship team sings, I invite you to come forward for prayer. I know that can be intimidating. But there's something about taking that step in obedience to him. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.